Hey friend, welcome to today's episode. Today I'm interviewing Mandy Arioto, who is the CEO of Mops International. Today we're talking about Mops theme for the year, which is called Decide to Rise. And we're digging into what does it mean to decide to rise as women who are chasing our dreams and women who are building businesses. This content, you guys, was so amazing and spoke so much just straight to my soul, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. But wait, before we dive in, I needed to tell you, have you guys heard that the Busy Years podcast is hosting an online conference? The Emerge Conference is coming November 9th and 10th, and the doors to open for registration is October 29th. This is going to be a conference unlike anything you've seen before. It's made perfectly with you in mind, Mama. Don't worry about showing up with your hair perfect. Come as you are. We've curated 13 amazing speakers for you. During the day, you can pop open one of the training videos, chat live with the speaker right in the chat, and then at night, we're going to gather together to continue our learning after our babies have gone to bed. So for more information on this conference, you can head to michellehagan.com forward slash conference. Or head over to our Instagram at Michelle Hagen or at the Busy Years Podcast for more information. We can't wait to see you guys and to help you emerge. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend Michelle Hagen and her podcast, The Busy Years. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hi, I'm Michelle, a sales and profitability strategist, mentor, and captain of your cheering squad. But most importantly, I'm a Midwest wife and mama to two spirited boys, and I'm a lover of learning, family vacations, and nap time. I built my business between the moments of motherhood, and I know that you can do it too. Being a mama is hard, and no one should have to do it alone. That's why I'm bringing women together to share their stories of motherhood, business, and blessings. So grab your coffee, wash your dishes, hey, even take a shower, because we can do this, friend, in the middle of motherhood. You're listening to the Busy Years Podcast, where motherhood and business meet. Come tired, leave inspired. Hi, Mandy. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. Um, I told you before that one of the ways that I knew that you were my people is the first day that I went to Mops and they showed a video and you talked about how you had swimsuit bottoms on because all of your underwear was dirty. And I was like, <laughs> I'm in the right place. I have found my people. So I wish I'm- that were a once like a one-time occurrence, but it's not. It happens on the regular. 
Yeah. Oh, so I'm so excited for you to pour into the women that listen to this podcast today. But why don't you introduce yourself if they don't know who you are and just kind of tell them a little bit about what you do. Awesome. So I'm Andy Irioto. I have the huge privilege of leading an organization called Mops International. And I think we just need to acknowledge that that's kind of a lame name, but it stands for Mothers of Preschoolers. And what we do is we gather women together because we believe that moms are world changers. And so we gather groups of women all over the world. It looks a little bit different during COVID, but not that much. And so we work in 68 countries. We translate um, materials into 17 different languages. And what we know for a fact is that when you elevate women and remind them that they are worthy and give them resources, that it elevates not only their family, but the community around them. And so we just have such a high regard for moms that we champion women in every stage of motherhood. Mm, Yes, and I can attest to that, that it is one of those things where you literally walk into the room at Mops and it's like, you can take a breath because someone has taken your kids and they're like, here's coffee and warm food. And like, here's your people. And if you need to come in and just cry, like here's the box of tissues that we always have for you. (laughs) It's so true. And I think just those small touches really transform our lives as moms when someone's like, hey, I see you. You're not in this alone. And I'm totally going through the same things. And it's just such a safe place to kind of air all the things that are heavy on our heart, but also have people cheer us on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I think also goes into the theme of this year's MOPS was Decide to Rise. And I would love for you to kind of dive in a little bit of how you guys picked that topic for the year and how before everything of COVID started, like that theme was picked and how God had already put those things on your guys' hearts. Yeah, it's always astounding to me to see how God weaves something together before we even know what's happening. And so we pick our theme and the theme is really just a concept that all of our mops moms focus on over the course of the year. And so we picked that about a year ahead of time. And so this idea came up of what does it look like that no matter what position we're in, no matter what the circumstances of our life, no matter how we feel about ourselves, what does it look like to choose to rise to the occasion, to rise up from whatever we're experiencing and to really step in to our purpose and passion and the things that we have been created to do as women. And so this idea of decide to rise came out of that. And there's a couple of tenants that we look at and that are, those are be strong, do your work and chase joy because those are the concepts that undergird this idea of what it looks like to decide to rise. And then COVID hit, right? And we're all in a position where we need to kind of pull ourselves up from the bootstraps and decide to rise from all of the chaos that's happening around us. And so it's been particularly timely this year. Mm, Yeah. What does it look like? What are you seeing of moms like in this season? Like what is the best advice that you have right now of a mom that is struggling and helping her say like, okay, here's how we can decide to rise like in this season. So I've said this over and over again. So if anyone's heard me say it before, it's I think even more true now than it is even a couple years ago. But what I'm hearing from moms all over the world, it doesn't matter where they live, is that they're experiencing two things. And that is that they feel exhausted because they're doing so much. And at the same time, they feel like they're not doing enough not doing enough in their daily life, but also not doing enough with their lives in general. Like they should be doing bigger, better things than maybe the things that they find themselves doing on a daily basis. 
And I think that the best advice that I have in, in the moment um, would really be to lay the foundation. And what that means is there are so many constraints that we're all experiencing. There's so many things that we can't do. But what we can do is lay the foundation for the next couple years. And so what that looks like is doing our work. It's um, going to therapy. Maybe if there are some things that have just got you feeling stuck, maybe something happened 10 years ago or something happened in your past that you just feel a little stuck by and it keeps like running in the back of your mind. Maybe this is a great idea, a great time to do some online therapy. Or um, I've really been for the last year doing my work and laying the foundation around what does it look like to recognize the power of my words mm -hmm. with my kids, with the people I work with, with the people I encounter um, just throughout the course of my daily life. What does that look like online? And so it's laying the foundation to be the kind of person that has integrity with my words. And so that's saying the truth, even when it's embarrassing. It's um, speaking life over people. It's just really being impeccable with the things that come out of my mouth. And so I think this is such a great time to lay the foundation for whatever we want to do in the future. And that is whether it's professionally, maybe it's doing some really awesome networking online right now. This is such a great time because people are more open, I'm finding, to connect online than they ever have been before. And people where it took you know, weeks to get appointments with, suddenly they have a little more space in their schedules. And so I think we can lay the groundwork in our personal lives, but also in our professional lives too. Yes. I resonate so much with that. Or you're talking about meeting people online. It has been crazy to me the last year and a half, how my life has been completely transformed by people I have literally never met and how they like literally just poured into me through a screen you know, we can zoom. So like you and, you know, it's like, I feel like, oh, I can say I've met you. I haven't totally. physically gotten to hug you, but <laughs> you know, there's just so much that's amazing of the technology that we have and that people can connect. There's incredible opportunities, I feel like right now. And we have the whole world at our fingertips, unlike any other time in history. And you're right. It's like such a unique opportunity to network and meet people and Zoom is so accessible. And so you're right, it's such a unique time professionally to create relationships and um, build networks that maybe we didn't have access to previously. Yeah. One of the things that you'd mentioned before was talking about how you heard moms say that they feel like they're just not doing enough or that I thought I would be doing something else. And I know that that was a place I found myself in in motherhood because I left corporate world and I thought I was going to be climbing the ladder and following my dad's footsteps. And then I realized, well, I really don't want that. But then I came home and I didn't feel like I had a purpose because it just wasn't a dream that I always had. I, I've always been so grateful, but I was like, I need some other type of purpose. And what are you telling moms when they're feeling that right now in, and maybe it's in this season because so many things have been taken away because of COVID, but I think just in general, without everything happening in the world, so often women become stay-at-home moms and we have these little kids and we look at ourselves in the mirror and be like, who, who are you? <laughs> like, I don't know. 
Totally. That is such a universal experience. I remember one time I had two little kids at home. I was staying home with them and um, I had just fed them lunch. We went out to the store and I came home and looked at myself in the mirror and realized I had smeared uh, refried beans on my forehead and didn't even realize it. Like I had fed them lunch. I like smeared it on my forehead, went out to the store. Nobody told me. And I was like, who am I? I'm now a mom who goes out into public with beans on my forehead. And it was just one of those moments where you look in the mirror and you're like, what has my life turned into here? Um, and mothering is so important, right? Like I don't mean to in any way diminish the importance of motherhood and that in and in itself could be your purpose and passion. And that is good. Um, but we do find ourselves sometimes looking in the mirror and recognizing like, oh, I have, I'm not where I thought I would be or where I want to be necessarily. There's um, a friend of mine who for so long had this dream of owning this fabulous four-star resort. Like it was his lifelong dream. And um, one day he told me a story that kind of revolutionized how he thought about it because he was struggling to really get to the place that he wanted to with this hotel. And there's, I grew up in Southern California and uh, in LA, there's this hotel called the Magic Castle. And the Magic Castle is a two-story apartment building, former apartment building that is now a hotel. It's a converted um, hotel. It was built in like the 1950s. It's painted canary yellow. It has no elevator. The pool is the size of like a four square court, like it's tiny. And there's nothing really that special about it. But it's also one of the highest rated hotels on TripAdvisor in LA. And that's mm -hmm. in comparison with like um, the Four Seasons and the Ritz and all of these amazing hotels. And the reason that is, is because they added some fun and some unique touches to their work. And so um, by the pool, there's this red telephone. And at any time during the day, you can pick it up and it's called the popsicle hotline. And you can order as many popsicles as you want, any flavor, and they'll be delivered to you on a silver tray um, by a waiter with white gloves and um, totally for free. At any time of the day, they have a snack bar with snacks that kids and adults love and you can order anything you want for free. Uh, you can have as many loads of laundry done for you as you want and they'll deliver them to you tied uh, with some string and a sprig of lavender. They have all these unique, fun things that they do. And um, what I've heard over and over again is that families go to LA and they do Disney and the Pacific Ocean and Universal Studios. And then they stay at the Magic Castle and then they go home, they ask the kids, okay, what was your favorite part of the trip? And without fail, the kids will say the popsicle hotline. <laughs> and what that reminds me of is that sometimes even though we aren't where we want to be, we can do something remarkable with what we have. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this guy who owns a hotel would love to be running a Four Seasons, but he is running a converted apartment building. But he also has one of the highest rated hotels in LA because he chose to do something remarkable simply with what was before him. And I think that is the advice that I would give to moms who are in a season where they feel like they're lacking purpose to just do something fun and unique and small with what you have right in front of you. Mm, I, that is amazing. And that sounds like, I'm like, oh, where is that? I want to go. Like, I but know, how, right? like how crazy to think something so simple as a popsicle 
would right. change somebody's right. life. And like, that's what makes it special or like just doing the laundry and putting the sprig on. And so often I think that women think that, well, if I'm not achieving these high dollar, you know, all of this money of what other women are doing or other people, then I'm not being successful. And really, like, that's not what success has to look like, even if you're starting a business and you're just posting stuff on Instagram or blogging, like, that could give you purpose if you can define success around it. Absolutely. And I am fully convinced from my own experience that big success small starts in the smallest details. It's having the courage to post your first blog post. It's having the courage to you know, put up your first podcast. It's having the courage to reach out and ask someone um, if you could interview them. It's in the small details where success starts. And so you're absolutely right. When we really take seriously and have the courage to do the small things, that's where the big things come out of. Hey friends, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about Mops. For nearly 50 years, Mops has gathered and supported moms. They believe in the simple but revolutionary idea that remarkable things happen when moms come together. Their acronym stands for Moms of Preschoolers because they began in 1973 when a group of moms with young children banded together to share their lives and parenting journeys. Over the past 45 years, Mops has expanded their reach to include all moms. Mops has practical tools and resources to help moms with their very real parenting, relational, career, and mental health needs. They're partnering with churches and organizations worldwide to equip and encourage moms in more than 68 countries. As they approach this half-century impact, they recognize the shifting culture norms and a global pandemic are creating a pivotal moment of opportunity. Mops is thrilled to offer a new way of gathering to moms across the globe, Mama Meetups. Mama Meetups are online communities of 8 to 12 moms who meet virtually twice per month to connect for some quality mama time. Moms all over the world are gathering together to discuss hundreds of topics. You'll find groups for moms of kids with special needs, teachers, working moms, blended families, stay-at-home moms, first-time moms, and more. You can sign up for a group that fits your schedule and needs. If you're missing your mom crew or looking to connect with other women in similar phases of life, Mama Meetups are the place to be. Mops is so excited to help moms connect all over the world in this new way. To join a Mama Meetup or sign up to lead a Mama Meetup, Head over to their website at mops.org for more information. You'll have the opportunity to connect with moms all around the globe to reclaim your joy, strength, and courage like never before. They're calling it a comeback. To learn more information, visit mops.org. What advice do you have like in women? Because Mops is so centered around God and faith in this season of like deciding to rise and encouraging women. So often I think that we forget there's things in the Bible and there's even women in the Bible who decided to rise to so many occasions. What's an example that you're giving women right now in this season of where they can turn to? Well, I would say two things are right. So the, the concept of decide to rise actually comes out of judges four, which is a book in the Bible. Um, 
and also the Song of Deborah. And it's basically just a story of a nation who was totally defeated. They had been um, decimated by their enemies. And uh, it says that in their lifeless state, they were exhausted and worn down. And out of that, a woman named Deborah decided to arise as a mother. And she single-handedly transformed the entire nation. And I just thought it was so interesting that in the word of God, it says that this woman decided to arise as a mother. And I think that's so mm. significant because it points out that our motherhood is a catalyst and not a constraint. And so often I know when I was raising my kids when they were little, I felt like motherhood was a constraint. Like it kept me from doing the bigger things that I wanted to do or was called to do. And actually what I'm recognizing now is that my motherhood opened a part of me and gave me experiences and gave me a view of the world that actually has been a catalyst to my professional work. And so um, I just feel like there's so much that the Bible has to tell us about what it looks like to arise as a mother. And it gives us all permission to pursue our passion without feeling like, you know, we just have to be home. Not that, again, being home with our kids is an awesome thing. Um, but I think we do have that permission to arise as a mother, whatever that looks like for us, and to transform the people and places around us by rising up, she was a judge. She was a singer. She was so many different things. And so I think in each stage of our life, we have the opportunity to be different things. And that's a really cool thing. And then um, the second thing I would say is uh, there's another story in the Bible out of Nehemiah. And it's basically the same story where the nation of Israel or Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem had been destroyed. And they needed to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem for their safety. And uh, a contingent had been sent, a group of people had been sent to do it and they were really struggling and really having a hard time rebuilding the wall. They were just making no progress. And so Nehemiah hears about it and he's heartbroken and he's like weeping and so sad for them. And then suddenly he gets a spark in his heart and it's like, maybe I'm the one who's supposed to do something about this. And he decides he's gonna go. He has no training. He has nothing special about him that would qualify him to lead the charge to rebuild the wall. And yet he goes and shows up and he organizes everybody. And they're just, they're really defeated because they've made no progress, but he says, hey, here's how we're gonna do it. Each of you take this section of wall in front of your own home and rebuild it. And I find it so fascinating um, that in 52 days, they were able to do something that would normally take a year. And it was simply because everybody focused on the part of their wall that was right in front of them. And again, this kind of goes back to how do we um, do something remarkable when we're in the throes of the mundane is we focus on the wall in front of our own home. So I think there's just so much truth and wisdom uh, woven throughout scripture that can inform how we live our lives even in the midst of the chaos that we're all currently experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And the like Deborah, how it's like the arise to be a mom, because sometimes even women don't expect to be a mom or we don't think that it's going to happen or it happens sooner than we thought, or it takes way longer than we thought. And one of the cool things I also think about scripture and people need to realize that God used so many ordinary people. Mm -hmm. And even if you go back through the line of Jesus, of the women, you would never expect 
the, those people to be in Jesus's line. Totally. You know, even a prostitute totally. was in Jesus's yeah. line. And, and the person that Jesus, the, the story of the woman at the well was also a prostitute yeah. or, you know, or had a hard life and who, you know, and to be like, well, who am I to go tell the people that, that, that we need to follow Jesus. But Jesus is like, no, I've chosen you. And I know that they're going to listen. I, that's one of my favorite things about Jesus is that he continually used people who we would normally count as unqualified. And so often in my own life, I'm like, I don't have what it takes. Like I am not the person that you want to use. And yet over and over again, even in our shame and in our mistakes and in our failure, Jesus is like, yeah, you're the one you've got what it takes and I choose you. And you're right. I just think that is such a remarkable thing that, even when we ourselves feel unqualified, um, Jesus says otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I always love to remind people because so often I think that we we all think that for me, I feel like 30 was the magic number that like by 30, you had to have arrived and you needed to like be where you were going to be and your life wasn't going to change. And then it's like, I got to 30 and I was like, well, this is it. Like, (laughs) This is the top of the mountain. (laughs) This is not the mountain I wanted to be on top of. Totally. But to remind people that like Jesus didn't even start his ministry until Mm -hmm. he was 30. That so often I think that people forget that and that his ministry was technically so short Mm -hmm. and that how much change he made in such a short amount of time deciding to just follow and do what God had said to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I think in, with every year we gain so much more wisdom and perspective that uh, I think I'm hoping that even in my nineties, I'm going to still feel like there's so much more to do and accomplish. Yeah. So I know we had talked about, okay, so in the theme of Decide to Rise, and so many women that listen to this podcast are either newly starting a business, are thinking about starting a business, or just even trying to decide, can I even rise to this occasion of starting this dream that's in my heart? And what advice do you have for them in that of like rising to the dreams that are in your heart? I would say... um that it's, again, and we talked a little bit about this, but like those dreams that we have, I don't think anything is, um, I think it's always on purpose. I think those dreams that we have just like kind of bubble up and come from a holy place. And uh, I, I find it very comforting that in scripture, God says that he wants to give us the desires of our hearts. And sometimes it doesn't always look like what we think it's gonna look like. But I think all of our dreams are in many ways holy. And so I would say to pursue it with all we have, but it doesn't take like 100% to pursue a dream. Sometimes it happens in 15 minutes a day, right? I have a friend who wanted to write a book and she had little kids at home and it just was not feasible. And so she just stayed up 15 minutes later every day and, you know, plucked away at a couple hundred words a night. And suddenly over the course of a couple of years, she has a finished book. And so I think, is committing to those small chunks of time, even if it's fit in between taking kids to school or picking them up from practice or whatever that looks like, where we just can start small and we don't have to give it our full core press. We can give it little chunks of time. And I think God honors that. I feel yeah. like nothing is wasted. 
Yes. And I always tell people, like, if you hear a whisper that's been happening on your heart or somebody else says to you, hey, I think you'd be really good at this. I think you'd be really good at this. And so often we're like, no, like, I'm not, I'm not qualified. Like we talked about before, I'm not qualified to do that. Mm -hmm. There's no way I could run an online business. There's no way I could create a shop in the middle of motherhood. But to me, I always tell people, if it's happening over and over and over, it's God telling you that because you're not listening the other, whatever other way he's trying to tell you. Yeah. If we're, if we don't pay attention one way, he'll try another. I think you're totally right. That's so true. Have you had that experience ever where someone, you know, speaks something over you or you keep hearing a message from all different places and you're like, "Mm, maybe I should take this seriously. Um, yeah, so a lot of this whole business and this podcast came from God. I, I've i told this story on the podcast before, but I talk about how I was brushing my teeth one day and praying to God, and I was supposed to go back to work in a few weeks. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It doesn't feel right. And like that was the first time I audibly heard God say, you're going to stay home. So I was like, okay. Like, I okay. So I listened, you know, we listened and and God was like, I got this. I'm going to provide. And he did provide in times when we have thought like, there's no way the bills are going to get paid, but they've always, always have. And in that time, God kept saying to me, I will tell you when it's time to go like you, but I was resisting it. And I kept being like, no, like I'll just keep searching. And then it would come up and God was like, I didn't say it was time to go. Mm -hmm. But then God had said, finally, I just heard him say like, it's time to go. And he said, you're going to speak to women. And again, like I kept hitting against walls because I was trying to go down avenues that were the popular thing. I wasn't like physically speaking. And since I've started this podcast, because in quarantine, I was like, okay, I have no clue how you want me to speak. Everything (laughs) else I have tried is not working. So we will try a podcast because it's never been super clear to me of what the path is. God is just always like, I've always felt that he's like, speak and speak about me in with what you already know. And so that's where like a lot of this podcast is just literally listening that God told me to speak. So here I am verbally speaking because trying it any other way didn't work. Oh my gosh, that is brilliant. And I think that is a really good point that you made. Like sometimes it takes a couple of tries. Like even if you fail on the first time, it doesn't mean you're going in the wrong direction. It just might mean that you needed to take that try and then, okay, that's not the right thing. I'm going to try something different. And I've had that in my own life, like trying a couple of different things until you finally figure out the the thing that you know you're supposed to be doing. And I think that's a really important thing to remember that small failures are not a big deal. It's just pointing you into the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you give an example? Like what was something that you tried before MOPS? Because so often I think people are like, well, how did you get to where you were? And there's you know, so many stepping stones of how you then become the leader of one of, I think, the best organizations that leads moms. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so I've had a very eclectic career. But, you know, when we were in our 20s, my husband and I, I wanted to stay home. And so we decided to start a business. And we've started a couple businesses since that have been successful. But our first try was a huge bomb. Um, like we had put our life savings into it and we were convinced this is going to be the next thing. And um, we, it just failed miserably and we had to shut it down. And it felt like 
uh, a huge, huge, I, I had so much shame about it, honestly, for such a long time. And a couple of years after, because I was like, why couldn't we make it work? You know, were we not smart enough? And what, what was it about it? And I had to go to therapy really to work through my shame around why this business failed. We had investors who had invested in it that um, we let down. Um, and so it was a big big point of contention for us for a lot of years. And what I realized is like, this is life. When you really dive in and do business, you're going to have some big failures, but you're also going to have some big successes. And it was now looking back a huge learning experience. And I learned so much more from that failure than I honestly, than I have from the successes. And so, um, it did take some therapy, a couple of therapy sessions to really work through uh, the big feelings I had around it. But it now I look at it as a gift and has taught us both my husband and I so much. And now he runs um, a really awesome, fun business where he's thriving and I get to do this. And so we just learned a lot through some failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can even speak into that thinking of because I've had like insurance background and there was things where I thought I was going to have my own agency or we thought we would do these different things. And one time I was talking to someone who's a very successful woman in the insurance industry, because in insurance, there's not a lot of women. Like mm -hmm. you're literally like the one woman in a room of men. And I was saying to her like, well, I have failed at so many things. You know, I've tried these things or people think I've maybe jumped around because how often do so many women think like, well, I tried this job and it didn't work. So I went and tried a different one. And she said, no, Michelle, like look and think about all the experience you have gained. Mm -hmm. She was like, if your resume came across my desk, I would be able to say, even though you were at some of those places for a short amount of time, look at all the experience that you say that you've had your hands in and you know this industry on every level because you've worked in every part of it. And I think that that is something so important to remember too, that it's the, like you had talked about, it's the experience that you gain from it. And while you might think it's a failure, someone else might look at it and, and say, whoa, this is what we needed because she's has experience in it. That's such a brilliant way to reframe it. Yes. To say this is experience is going to serve you later. And you're right. Like that experience has really teed me up for other experiences in my future. So you said something interesting about there not being a lot of women in the insurance industry. And I'm curious how your experience as a woman was unique and what that might teach all of us women who are in professional industries as well. Um, I think that it taught me that like I couldn't be afraid to use my voice mm. because so often when you're in a room dominated by men that your voice can be very your voice can get lost or it's so easy for your opinion not that it's overlooked but it's just that sometimes in a room of men when you're the one you have to be able to learn how to speak up and looking back there were times like early because I got my insurance license when I was 22. I was so wow. young, like really young because I was just following my dad that I looked back and I was like, I, I didn't speak up at all in, in like, you know, in these meetings early on in my career when I should have opened my mouth and told them what I thought because I was the young person who knew what the younger people in the industry needed, wanted, you know, that type of, of stuff. And so I think it's just important to know that 
to show up as you are, because I was also the person because insurance industry is very much when, when I started suits, ties, men in black jackets. And I was like, that's not me. I was the one who wore the like orange, pink and blue blazers. So I fit in and I was, but, and I'd wear black dress underneath, but to also like step in with your style and your flair, because there's somebody out there that needs you in the industry that you're in, whether, even though you might be kind of like the odd one or the one who's brighter than the other, that people, somebody wants that, that the other people don't have. What a brilliant uh, piece of advice, like to just trust yourself enough to bring that excellence to bring that unique angle that maybe other people aren't seeing or doing or are afraid to bring because you're a hundred percent right. That's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. I, I think it's interesting. Um, and as a woman in sometimes male dominated spaces, and I, I'll be honest, like, I feel like men have given me some of my greatest opportunities. So I have no qualms, like, mm-hmm. um, I, I've ha- only had good experiences, but I do think as women in workplaces that we encounter things that maybe men don't. In um, Amy Coney Barrett's um, hearing, I found it interesting, regardless of your political views on her, yes. I think we all can, um, I just thought it was fascinating to watch, but they asked her a question that I thought was interesting, and that was, who does the laundry in your home? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting, like, I asked my husband, Joe, I was like, have you ever been asked who does the laundry in our house? And it's interesting because we're so curious how women do it all. That's, mm-hmm. that's my takeaway is mm-hmm. I think we collectively as a society are like, how does she do it all? How do women do it all? And so that's a really fascinating take for me to think about um, in workspaces, just how we navigate different questions maybe than other mm-hmm. people. A hundred percent. And even navigating, I had to navigate pumping while working in a male dominated industry where there was no dedicated room. So I literally had to tell the other male that I shared an office with, you need to leave because I need to lock the door and pump. (laughs) Or like, I would be like, okay, who isn't in their office that I can go lock the door because there was no room. You know, and and never would a man have to navigate things like that. But it is interesting how you're talking about the hearing of that. And my husband, when that that question happened, my husband said to me, did did you like listen to any of that today? And I was like, no. And he was like, I wondered because you weren't really mad about it. Because that's (laughs) one thing that I have said, never would anyone question like, oh, she has too many kids. She can't do, you know, but that doesn't matter like you we could still do our jobs and one of the other things that I think is so important for women to remember that women who are of we don't do it all like we have help like like, it makes me so mad when you can see talk shows on like Ellen and there will be stars who are like oh I just have all of my stuff together and I'm like liar like I'm waving the flag you have a nanny and someone that cooks and cleans like you probably don't do it all. And that's something to remind ourselves. And I know for, for me in my business and, and building what I'm building, I've had to remind myself, I don't, I don't have somebody helping me. So it's okay that I go at my pace because either it's my business 
or my house is clean. Like right now, if I took Instagram stories and showed you every room in my house, I would should be shameful because <laughs> we're in the middle of like transitioning of the seasons of clothes and sizes and like it's just then the clothes explode, explode all over the first floor of the totally. house, or the bottom floor of the house. I still cannot figure out how grown people are supposed to keep their bathrooms clean. Like, I just don't understand how it happens. I go over to other people's house and their bathrooms are clean. And I'm like, I just can't figure out how to do that. That's yeah. just not one of my giftings. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think you're right. And I think, you know, when we do, as women get questions like that, like who does our laundry or things out of the blue that maybe other people don't, I think that's another opportunity where we decide to rise, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't get offended. We don't take it personally. Um, we just kind of decide to rise and, and say, oh, that's a unique experience. And we overcome it and we keep going and push past it. And I think that choosing not to get offended is so huge. That really empowers us rather than disempowers us. Mm. That's a great advice to not get offended by it. And even as you were talking, I just was thinking like, what if you use that time to even say back to someone like, that's an interesting question I've never been asked before, but I bet you're curious because you know that I do so much like in this industry Mm. or whatever I do, like turn it back to saying like, I bet you're wondering this because totally what I already do. So it should be hard to keep my house clean. (laughs) (laughs) Or my bathroom. I agree. I'm not one that has figured out how to keep that clean either. Yeah, I just kind of like have a blanket disclaimer with my friends, like, I've got a son and there's probably gonna be pee on the floor. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just what how it goes. Yeah. Oh, this conversation has been so great. One of the questions I always love to ask people as we are wrapping up our talk is if you could go back to the Mandy who was deep in the little years when they were little babies, what would you say to that Mandy today? I would say to have more fun. I was constantly striving and worrying and concerned about whether I was doing things right. And I wish I had had more fun with my husband, with myself, just like not taking myself so seriously and with my kids. Mm, That's great advice. And it is one of those that I feel like I always tell people my house might not ever be clean because it like, it's like come as you are, like you had said, but I hope that someday if I were to like pass today that my kids could say like, my mom took us on adventures, Yes, you know, like be the mom. And that's one thing that um, I always thought about when the kids were little, that they won't remember if my house is clean or if my sheets were perfectly matched with everything else in my room or that we have the perfect things, but they will always remember what I physically did with them so brilliant and so true and my kids are teenagers now and you're absolutely right like the things that they remember and the memories they cherish are the imperfect moments and so it just really is a good reminder that we have this family motto that we're creating a legacy of love so we want our kids when they are out of our house and um, this stems back from my great-grandparents that we want to be a family where everywhere we go we spread love and joy and hope. And so you're so right. Like those are the primary things we focus on rather than clean bathrooms. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, thank you so much for pouring into the women that listen today. If they want to connect with you after this episode, where can they find you? You can find me at mandyariono.com. You can find more about MOPS and a sisterhood of women who will cheer you on at mops.org. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh gosh, it was such an honor. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Busy Years Podcast. If you loved this episode, would you take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform? If you're over on Instagram, I would love for you to tag us at the Busy Years Podcast and tag me at Michelle Ann Hagen. I would also love if you could leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this episode. By doing that, it helps me to be able to create other amazing episodes just like this and help get the word out about this podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram or Facebook, and you can find me at Michelle Ann Hagen, or you can join our Facebook community called the Busy Years Podcast Community. You can find that located on my Facebook page, or if you head to the link in my Instagram bios, you will be able to connect to us there. I can't wait to be able to meet you and to put a face to the listener. We'll see you next time, my friends. Hey mama, did you need someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams? That you can take action in the middle of motherhood? I just wanted to pop in and give you another reminder, friend, that you got this. You can do this in the middle of motherhood, no matter how busy the years get.